Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome to another edition of DIY Money. I'm your host, Daniel Zolo, and... That's right. That's crickets you hear. Quint is actually out this week, uh, so you get to have me all by myself. Uh, so hopefully uh, it'll be just as good for you. But uh, for today's uh, listener-submitted question, you're going to get a $25 Amazon gift card anyway, uh, regardless of the fact that you don't get Quint's answer. But uh, hopefully when he's back, you can reach him in the DIY tribe on Facebook if you want to interact with us there. And he's happy to uh, add his extra opinions to this question as well. You can also uh, interact and contact us on DIY.money on Instagram, DIY.money on Instagram. And I'm actually pretty excited about Instagram. We've been doing a lot of fun things on there. And in fact, coming up here, I believe this Friday, uh, Friday the 12th, uh, if you're listening to this beforehand, Friday the afternoon of Friday the 12th, we're actually going to do our first live interview uh, on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, with another podcaster and blogger. Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, looking forward to that. Should be fun and interesting. We're just going to kind of experiment with some new ways to interact with you guys throughout all the different spaces out there. Be sure to check out our YouTube. We're continuing to post uh, new questions on our new or our new videos on our YouTube where we're answering questions that people have wrote in uh, and that we're not able to use on the show because they're not an audio message. So uh, keep in mind that to uh, have a question featured on the DIY Money podcast, uh, you do need to record an audio version of your question, email that to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. If that is an audio question, we're going to be able to use it on the show and actually feature it in the podcast. We do that. You get a $25 Amazon gift card. It's a pretty good deal all around. It's a pretty DIY money move if you uh, consider it that. So anyhow, let's get into today's topic. We actually got a great question from Brian. Brian in Dallas, what do you got? D-I-Y! All right, guys. Uh, glad to be part of the podcast and put in my question. Um, I'm a brand new listener, but I listened to about five of your last podcasts. Really enjoyed them. Anyways, I'm Brian from Dallas, Texas. I'm 28 years old, and I'm married, and uh, I'm just uh, learning how to invest here. So my question is, just how many mutual funds or ETFs for that matter should someone own? Since these funds cover a broad base, I am thinking four, maybe six at the most. For example, I have a large cap growth fund, a mid cap index fund, a balance fund, and one spliced growth index ETF. However, I often worry about should I be spreading um, out my, I have about $13,000 in, in these um, IRAs, these Roth IRAs, should I be spreading these out or am I, should I be doubling down on oh, maybe only two of them? But any advice on this would be um, appreciated. Thanks, guys. All right, Brian, that is a great, great question. Uh, talking about diversification, and that's something on everybody's mind, I think, when it comes to investments. And uh, so thanks to Brian from Dallas for uh, submitting that question. Dallas, the city I love. We have got some family down there. I get to visit it every now and then. How about 
them cowboys. Uh, definitely a far cry from Lexington, Kentucky, as far as metropolises go. Uh, but maybe we'll cross paths with you sometime down there, Brian. But diversification, how many funds should you own? How many different investments? What is it that you should actually put into your investment account? What do you need to be diversified? And now, uh, just to reiterate, this is not investment advice. This is not personal financial advice. But I'm going to give you a few rules of thumb as we answer Brian's question here uh, to talk about what it looks like in an investment account to really get diversified. What are some uh, theories or rules of thumb or some different ideas that you can use and then do your own research to figure out whether or not it makes sense for your personal financial goals, whether it makes sense for the investment goals that you have in mind. And so uh, what about diversification? Well, before we even get there, I want to make sure that we are following the DIY money steps. So Brian, you remember the last couple of weeks I kept saying, can I have a couple of minutes of your time to talk to you about something? This is what it was about. Uh, Brian, I'm assuming here, if you're talking about investments and you got some money put away, especially if it's non-retirement money, that you've at least built up some fast cash and you've got your emergency account funded and you've paid off your high interest debt and you have uh, are working towards a plan if you don't already have a plan of work paying down your other debt and that you are responsibly saving in your retirement accounts. Uh, so that is contributing to your employer plan at least enough to get the match, if not more, up to, you know, say 10% is a good place to start uh, contributing. Plus, your employer match is going to put you on a great road to retirement. And then if you have some extra, maybe investing in a non-retirement account. Uh, but when you start talking about these investment accounts, assuming you've done those other steps, how do you actually go about investing this? Well, uh, there's many, many schools of thoughts here, and there's uh, many different investment philosophies that you can follow. But when we're talking, if our chief goal here is just diversification, that's owning a broad basket of assets. And assets could be anything from stocks to bonds to real estate, which you can own an investment account through what's called a real estate investment trust. Or uh, let's see, we said gold, bonds, stocks, real estate. Um, what else can you have? You can have international stocks. You can have commodities. You can have a variety of things that you can put in your investment account. But how do you diversify across all of these things? And how many funds do you actually need? Well, the simple answer, if you really want to keep this incredibly, incredibly simple, especially if you're using a retirement account, but even still, if you're just using a general investing account, you can actually keep things fairly diversified and incredibly simple with up to one fund. That's right. You may have heard us talk about on the show before, or maybe you heard through your uh, employer plans or so forth, the idea of a target date fund target date fund. And these typically are funds that one, they uh, will typically have target or life or something of that nature in the name. And then they'll typically have a year at the end of them. Now, there are many providers that sell uh, target date funds. So uh, the big ones, uh, all the big companies have them, Schwab, Fidelity, Tiacref, uh, Vanguard, etc. But there's also some uh, more obscure or other investment companies that sell target date funds. And so you do need to do your research on all of them because some of them are much cheaper than others. Uh, and so the amount that you'll pay for management across the target date funds can be very different. For instance, even at Schwab, uh, which is the custodian that I use for my investments, so I'm just using them as an example, not a recommendation, but at Schwab, the 2060 target date funds, there's actually two separate options, all right? You have the target date index fund, which is going to uh, cost a management fee of 
0.08% per uh, year, 0.08% per year versus the 2060 just general target date fund doesn't have index in the name or anything, which is 0.74% per year. So if you're keeping track and you're doing the math there, it's about a 10 times difference between the management fee on the 2060 index target date fund versus the 2060 just general Schwab target date fund. Now, why can you just use one fund to achieve a level of diversification? Most people would say, shouldn't you own many investments in your account? Shouldn't you spread things across many baskets, not have all your eggs in one basket? And that is definitely the case. But one of the important things to remember about a mutual fund, and if you go back uh, quite a few episodes ago, we talked about what is a mutual fund. A mutual fund owns a variety of different investments in one fund. So uh, simply put, you can buy a S&P 500 index fund. And if you buy the S&P 500 index fund, you are literally essentially buying all of the stocks in the S&P 500, in the ratios that they are in, in the S&P 500, which means, you, well, now there's actually more than 500 stocks in the S&P, but you're getting broad exposure, diversification across very many companies. But what if you want to diversify across uh, even more than just stocks? What if you want to hold stocks and bonds and, and all of those things? So you're diversified across various different assets. Well, this is where a target date fund can help you if you want to go with a one fund approach. So again, using, for example, the Schwab target index fund, and, and this would generally be the same for um, the Vanguard index target date funds, the Fidelity target date index funds, they're going to be represented the similar way. So I, I'm using Schwab as an example, but they're going to be represented the same way if you go to some of these other companies as well. But let's take a look, for instance, at the holdings of the Schwab target date index fund. So uh, a couple of different holdings you have in there. You're buying one fund, but you're getting access to the U.S. large cap investment. Uh, in this case, it's the ETF, the U.S. large cap ETF at Schwab. Well, that ETF, for instance, owns thousands of companies. Um, let me pull it up here. It's actually... Yeah, I think it's 700 to 1,000 large cap companies across the U.S., right? In addition, you own the U.S. small cap ETF, which is 1,500 companies. So right there, you own 2,000 publicly traded companies across the United States. You're pretty well diversified in just stocks there. Well, what about international exposure? What if you don't want to have all your eggs in the basket of the United States investment world? Well, the uh, this particular target date fund also owns international developed markets. In fact, it owns the uh, Schwab International Equity ETF, which holds 1,500 international stocks, stocks that are not listed in the United States. It also owns the emerging markets. These are more of the up-and-coming countries, the Chinas, the Brazils, things of that nature. It owns 1,400 of those stocks. And so now you're up to about, uh, let's see, 1,400, 1,500, another 2,200. You're about 5,000 different stocks from all around the world, various different companies that you own, U.S., non-U.S., etc. And so you are, at this point, very uh, diversified across various different companies. But what if you don't want to own just stocks? What if you want to own bonds too? Well, uh, the target date funds at Schwab also offer bonds. Uh, so they... they uh, they allocate your portfolio depending on the year that you choose across stocks and bonds, and they scale that back as time goes on. And so in this case, you own the aggregate bond fund uh, in your target date fund, and that is an aggregate representation of the entire U.S. 
bond market, from government bonds to corporate bonds, that's uh, debt that companies write to operate, and even mortgage-backed securities, so effectively U.S. mortgages. You also own short-term treasuries. You even own real estate in that account through Real Estate Investment Trust. So, Brian, by buying one target date mutual fund, you are diversified across investment vehicles, investment types. You only own one mutual fund, but you own stocks, bonds, real estate, international stocks, emerging market stocks, and have spread out your risk pretty considerably. The other benefit to a target date fund is as you approach uh, the date listed on the fund, it's going to scale back from stocks towards more bonds. And so this can be a great one fund type of investment for most people if they want to keep it super simple. If you want to invest all your money in stocks, if you're going very aggressively, you can just buy a stock index funds like a Vanguard total market or a Schwab total US market stock fund. You really don't need to own more funds to be more diversified. In fact, in most cases, you're just going to overlap what you already own. The only reason that you would potentially think about doing that is to spread out your risk across various different investment companies. I personally don't worry about that too much. I'm uh, working under the assumption that Vanguard or Schwab are going to continue to stay in business. But if they don't, that the uh, government regulators are going to step in and take care of that, or those funds are going to liquidate because they hold assets underneath. So that was a great question. Brian, understand that you can be diversified whether you own one fund or many, but you got to know what you own in those funds. Good job, Brian. Do a little bit of your homework, find out what's right for you, make sure your investment fits your personal goals, but then keep it simple. You've been listening to the DIY Money Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe and give us a great review. And remember, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make, invest the rest, and do so for a very long time. We'll get you next time. Good night, Brian. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.